Hi, I'm Leanne, and I want to welcome you to How to Pray. I'm glad you've chosen to listen today. This is the fourth in a seven-episode series with a new episode dropping each Sunday. A couple of days ago, I got a text from a friend that read, Please tell that God of yours, I'm really angry. This is a woman I know to have a solid relationship with God, so I wrote back, Tell God yourself. To which she replied, I think you stand a better chance of getting through. This got me thinking. A lot of us have the idea that God doesn't want our anger or our sadness, grief, disappointment, anxiety, fear, nothing negative. God just wants our praise and thanks. So when we're feeling the negative feelings, we tend to shut down our dialogue with God until we're feeling better. Or we walk away from God altogether because it dawns on us if we can't turn to God when we're hurting, what's the point? How did we come to believe this about God? Because it simply isn't true. Scripture is full of examples of people pouring out their hearts to God, their sorrow, their rage, and not in some benign way like, God, I know you have absolutely nothing to do with this, but my world is falling apart right now, and I just thought I'd let you know. No. In full-throated, how could you do this to me, God? Where are you anyway? Why are you ignoring me? And those people aren't struck dead for speaking this way to God. God isn't outraged with them. God makes God's self present to them, present to their pain. This way of talking to God even has a name. It's called lament, and it's everywhere in the Bible. There's an entire book of the Bible called Lamentations. The Psalms are full of prayers of lament. Even Jesus, on the eve of his death, cries out to God to come up with a different plan, one that doesn't involve his own violent death. And on the cross, as he was dying, Jesus quoted Psalm 22, a psalm of lament, when he asks, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? These passages recognize the humanity of God's people, even the humanity of God's own Son, and gives all of us permission to include all aspects of our humanity in our relationship with God. The idea that we're supposed to get ourselves together before we approach God in prayer flies out the window in light of biblical lament. Nothing, no feeling, dream, expectation, hope, or desire is off limits. God wants all of us. But before we run off and compile long lists of complaints to present to God, it's important to notice how lament is used in Scripture. I say this because there's a definite pattern for us to follow if we want our prayers of lament to be a constructive part of our spiritual formation rather than simply an opportunity to vent. Lament, as it appears in Scripture, may begin with complaint, but then it turns a corner and changes focus to petition, followed by praise and thanksgiving. This is the pattern of every lament but one that appears in the Psalms, and there are a lot of them, more than 40. I'll get to that one outlier in a minute. Psalm after Psalm repeats this pattern. 
God, my life is horrible. That's the complaint. God, I'm asking you to help me turn things around. That's the petition. I thank you for all the times you've shown yourself to me when I've been in difficulty, and I praise you for the way you're going to work in my life during this time of trouble. That's the thanksgiving and praise. Sometimes the complaint part takes up most of the psalm, and the change of direction happens right at the end. But it happens. Only once does the complaint take up the entire psalm. No last-minute redirect, no happy ending, just complaint. It's Psalm 88, if you really want to go there. And it's in the Bible, friends. It's there, perhaps as a way of reassuring us that even when we can't quite elevate our prayer to action, thanksgiving, and praise, God loves us enough to welcome our raw complaint without any of the good stuff. Which tells me God would rather have us at our most authentic than have us try to fake thoughts and feelings we're just not having. And the fact that there's only one of these also tells me that, for our sakes, this kind of prayer should be the exception rather than the rule. Because the real beauty of lament is twofold. Laying bare our darkest thoughts and feelings, and then pivoting to what we want God to do about it, remembering what God has done for us in the past, and perhaps most important of all, acknowledging who God is. Even when life is hard and resolution seems unlikely, God remains steady, never surprised by the things that surprise us, never knocked backwards by unexpected events, never powerless to bring about change. So this week, I want you to practice lament as a form of prayer. It can be about something personal to you or someone you know, or it can be about a bigger issue, something that's going on in your community or the country or the world. Present the problem and its impact to God, and then let God know what a solution might look like based on what you know about what God values. Finally, enter into a time of adoration and thanks, shifting the focus from the limitations of the problem to God's unlimited power, love, and compassion. Next time, we'll talk about petition, praying for change. For more information about Kindred Church, check out our website, kindrednc.church. Thanks for listening, and have a great day.